We start with the Metro Vancouver housing crunch. Prices still unaffordable for many. What is the answer to this? Could it be densification, okay? Build up to six homes on a single-family lot. There's lots of talk about that in B.C. Not a whole lot of action, though. I got Adil Danani standing by to discuss. First, have a listen to housing advocate Ian Cromwell here. Now, some people say, well, they don't like this density idea. What about Carmageddon? Do we have the infrastructure to densify in these neighborhoods? Here's what he has to say about it. Listen to this. I'm sure there are going to be some people who will who will only see the downsides to a, a denser and healthier city. But I think there are a lot of people who are going to welcome having more people when they walk down the street. Okay, so he says people will be happy with more people in these neighborhoods here. Lots of people say this is the answer. Densify. That's how we can make more affordable housing. Let's discuss now with my guest, Adil Danani from the Danani Group of Real Estate Advisors. Very pleased to welcome Adil back to the show. Adil, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me back. Okay, Adil, first of all, You've got your finger on the pulse of this all every day. What is your analysis of this market right now in terms of like for people looking to buy buy a home in Metro Vancouver? What's it like out there right now? Yeah, it's certainly a challenging time. It's challenging both on like the ownership front and and also uh, tenants are trying to find um, trying to find rentals. Um, yeah, you know we've seen. 10 Bank of Canada rate increases in the last 18 months. It's put a lot of pressure on on buyers who are trying to get into the ownership market. They're often getting priced out of the market. And interestingly enough, uh, and surprisingly, um, those rate increases um, haven't really had that much of a negative impact on the real estate market. And, you know, we were expecting, there's always that inverse relationship between interest rates and prices, right? um, Historically, when interest rates rise, especially so dramatically in such a short time period, we would expect prices to come down more significantly. I mean, in most areas, we saw prices correct between 10 and 15 percent. And in those neighborhoods, like, you know, the COVID market, uh, those areas and neighborhoods that went disproportionately higher, like the suburbs, went disproportionately lower. But then we saw the spring market that came into effect, which really pushed prices a little bit higher again. So it's a very interesting time to be a homeowner and to try to be try to be getting into the market also an incredibly challenging time to be a renter renter with you know one bedrooms in the city of vancouver you know breaching three thousand dollars a month yeah yeah for sure and we're going to talk more about the rental market later on the show because i have talked to a lot of people and i'm talking like professionals people who have good paying jobs like they're making good money and they can't yeah. find an affordable place to rent in this city right now, even with a great job. So that is a, a big problem right now. Let's talk about the densification idea. And this has been kicked around for, for, for the last few years. Like the answer here is we need to build more stuff, right? So okay. let's densify. So in a single family lot, let's allow developers to build up to six homes in a single family lot. There doesn't seem to be a lot of that going on. There's a lot of talk about it, but not, not a lot of, action on the ground. Is that your perception of it? Yeah, so I, I think we're in the early days of this discussion. I, I think the fact we're having the conversation and the fact that, uh, you know, Premier Eby and his housing minister, uh, Ravi Kaloon, um, are looking to overhaul the single-family home uh, across the province. Um, you know, they're talking about three to four units on a typical single-family lot and up to four to six units if you're located within, you know, close proximity um, to transit. 
So the policy was proposed in April. We haven't seen much since then. Um, we are hopeful and optimistic that come this fall or at some point um, during 2023, we're going to see an overhaul um, of this policy. Um, Mike, if you if you look at the example, um, you know, one successful example is what they did in Auckland, uh, New Zealand in 2016. I think Auckland was the um, was one of the first cities to pioneer the movement towards finding that solution for the missing middle uh, housing. They approved townhomes, multiplex homes and low rise apartment buildings all on single family lots. And essentially, it, further to what you were saying, it's in an effort to, you know, curb um, rising house prices and, you know, out of control rents. Um, and the idea is flooding the market with more units, more inventory um, to both own or rent will bring down the cost of housing in the city, um, especially where middle class families are being priced out and often being forced out. Right. There's that um, article that came out, I think it was a few days ago, talked about how in the last quarter, B.C. actually lost more people through interprovincial migration. Um, so it's something that's really at the forefront, and I'm hoping for a solution you know, fairly soon. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. I recommend the uh, article in the Vancouver Sun uh, by reporter Katie DeRosa, a really good reporter, and she talks about the efforts in, in Victoria to do this densification. And you've got a city council in there who says, they, they say they're all gung-ho on this. Yeah, let's densify. Let's allow these uh, six six homes on a single-family lot. And then she describes the efforts to actually try to do this on the ground in a, in a neighborhood that's currently single-family zoned and trying to put up a six-plex on, in a home. And all the roadblocks, the opposition... The local politicians who say one thing and then and then turn around and say no, we're not going to allow it. The red tape, you know, it just can't get done. And I've talked to developers. I'm sure you have as well, saying they would love to do this. They'd love to get in here and develop some of these some of these lots, put more homes up yeah. for people, and they can't do it. Are you hearing that too? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the Victoria example is one we need to really look at carefully. They've adopted this multiplex policy. It's been four months, Mike. And they haven't yeah. received a single application um, for the multi-unit housing. So there are, there are obviously key preventative issues that are impacting the feasibility of these projects for developers. You know, at the end of the day, I think we have to look at it from the lens of who's going to be creating this product, who's going to be constructing this product. So when you know when when the province is going to be rolling out the new um, th- their new policies around these multiplex. Um, uh, around these multiplex uh, zonings or, or the densification um, of single-family lots, they need to be mindful of the costs associated with construction. In Victoria, there seems to be a requirement, um, you know, like a six-meter setback from the front of the property line that's really putting more focus on the frontscape versus the backyards, which is what more families want, and also the exterior aesthetic um, of the structure, yeah. which is really impacting um, people's ability. I'll give you an example. So it's, there's a six-meter setback in Victoria. Toronto, which recently approved their multiplex policy, has a one-and-a-half-meter setback, allowing for a much more functional layout and a much more efficient use of that land space. That's very, that's very interesting. Speaking to Adil Danani, Danani Group of Real Estate Advisors, here's the other thing that happens. You get some opposition from local mayors and councillors as well. Let me play a clip here for you and get your thoughts. So this is Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody, this idea of densifying in single-family neighborhoods here, and he raises some concerns. Wait a second. Do we have the infrastructure to handle all these new, new residents in these neighborhoods? Here's what he has to say, then I'll get your thoughts. 
what may work in one location may well not work in another location. What about the other services that are involved? Police, fires, schools, the hospitals. We're going to have cars. Where are they going to park? Yeah, where are they going to park? All right, and I've heard this as well. This Carmageddon that if you allow this densification, you'll have you don't you want to be have anywhere to park your vehicle. Adil, is that a legit concern? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think there's going to ha- within this policy, um, there's going to have to be municipal levers um, to control, you know, the rollout of the program. Right? Um, it makes sense, Mike, to have more density um, around transit, um, and and you know, obviously, there's been focus on high density and medium density. This is more the missing middle product that we're so um, you know um, deeply in need of. But I think the municipal councils will have to have some sort of lever in terms of dictating where this, pro- where these, where this product gets developed. And I also think we need to accept the notion that like, there's going to be tension with this rollout. And people have different perspectives about change, and it's often uncomfortable and difficult for local folks. You know, last time I was on the, uh, on the show, we talked about you know, the nimbyism um, yes. that's taking place. Right? But I think change is coming, and we're going to have to adopt and I'm sorry, adapt to the change. Um, I think it's the only way we come up with a solution to the housing crisis that we're currently in. Adil, it's always great to get your analysis. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure uh, being on the show.